This is exclusive coverage of CPAC 2023 from Washington, D.C. Brought to you by the Spirit of Virginia. Spiritofvirginia.org. On Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Now, from National Harbor, it's Joe Thomas in the morning. It's Trump Day here at uh, CPAC Saturday. Everyone's a buzz. Everyone's like, I got to get a seat. It's tough to get people out, you know, because they all want to get that best seat to see President Trump here at, at CPAC. Lots of other stuff going on as well. Uh, but if you're coming up, that's what everyone's talking about. Uh, you may wonder, you say, I remember that guy. Uh, Keith Abloh was uh, for many years a, 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 a contributor to Fox News uh, as a psychiatrist. And I have, I have a phrase, Keith, thank you for coming by and visiting with us. He's analyzing me right now. Uh, you know, okay, he's a narcissist, self-involved, okay. Um, but I, I have a, a phrase that I use, live from the gaslit streets of insert Charlottesville, America, wherever we are. Um, and people get prickly about it. Say, Joe, that's a real problem, abused women, that kind of thing. I said, but that's almost like where we are. We're in this abusive relationship with our government. Uh, Keith, am I, am I wrong in saying stuff like that? No, I think, Joe, you're absolutely right. And it doesn't really take a psychiatrist to uh, unravel this for folks, but I can help a little bit. So right now, fiction is passing for fact. It took a long time to get here, but we have been accelerated in that switch from fact to fiction by social media, by every kind of technology, which encourages you to wrench yourself from your real feelings, from your body, actually, literally, now that there are holograms and there's everything else, right? And now there's chat GPT with its liberal bias, and it's going to replace people's desire to write for themselves. Interesting. So now... Just t- tell it, hey, I want to write a paper about psychiatry, and it'll write one for you. It'll write it for you, but the bargain is, number one, they're tracking what questions you ask. Number two, they're going to give you some answers that are liberal in slant, if they can, uh, is my belief. And uh, thirdly, and most importantly, they're sucking your ability to write out of you. You're literally being inhaled by the Internet and by technology. What could be worse, right? You're you're writing a science fiction movie here, uh, Keith. But, you know, when, when you talk about, and we, we may all have friends or relatives that were in abusive relationships, uh, and the hardest thing is to convince them that it's happening because, you know, oh, no, he loves me. And you insert, oh, no, the Congress loves me. They, they just said next time, you know, make sure dinner's on the table on time. You know, that seems to be where we are. We, we make excuses for our elected representatives. Well, yeah, my taxes went up, but they mean well, and they, they need to get reelected. You know, the abuses continue and continue. How do you, as a man of science, a man of the psychological pursuits, convince somebody that they're being gaslit to this point and being taken advantage of? Well, you have to give them data, right? And it has to be a trusted relationship. So how many people have come to me, their life is a wreck. They don't feel themselves. They're depressed. They're anxious. They don't feel like they're in control. You, you told me I, you weren't going to talk about my case, Keith. <laughs> I brought my uh, collapsible couch if you want to <laughs> lie down and we can get into this. But listen, you have to present them with data and make, make the connections. Right? People do pretty well. If you can tell them a story that's convincing and show them all the data points, light can dawn on them. 
right? So that they will be able to say, wait a second, I've been delusional. It is very much like a person who's in an abusive relationship where you have to say, now look, here's what's happened over the past three years. How are things for you now? And how do you explain these things? Now, very often the explanation is, well, this is what I experienced before in my family of origin, right? And so that's the ground that's being laid in America is for people to not object because they're like, well, it happened incrementally. It was generational. That's what the Democrats are up to, generational change. And that's what breaks my heart is when I, I hear people almost saying, well, I deserved it. And, and you, you don't deserve that. You, you, and people have been convinced that they don't have gifts and talents to contribute their community. Well, they're going to send me a check every month and I'm just going to stay in line. You know, you have talents and gifts and, and people have forgotten that God has endowed us with these things and we're supposed to feel good about engaging in them. Uh, you know, feeling good is not a guilt trip, is it, Keith? No, it isn't at all. And, you know, the truth is, the truth is that too many people have forgotten that above the state, above the self, is God, right? In direct communication with you and with me. If we lose that North Star, then there's a big voice out there called the state. And the state right now is not a reliable partner to marry. They want your guns. They want your First Amendment freedoms. They want your freedom because that's a threat, because you can't be inhaled by the greater whole. They're willing to pay you off. Here's a little money not to go back to work. We're going to legalize all drugs. Listen, I, I'm not going to debate whether drugs should be legal, but it's interesting at the time where the state is saying, let's legalize drugs, get high if you want to. I get that. It's okay, right, in a way. But at the same time, it looks like a bit of a conspiracy um, when you think, well, but they're taking my guns, they don't want me to speak my mind, they don't want me to vote. They don't want me to vote if it's not for the party that can manipulate things. So, and they're told, you see, that's the part that I want to get to people, and, and I worry that it's, they're just getting enough success to be electorally profitable. They, they don't need to convince everyone, the old, you can convince some of the people all of the time, I think, Keith. Um, so, so, are we successfully breaking through the uh, the echoes? Because I, I made this analogy a few weeks back. You know, we talk about being siloed. So you told you you mentioned we're all told to stay home because scary COVID's out there. So now we're staying home. We get into our silo, our our, our electronic silo. But a real silo, the echoes. If you are in a giant empty silo and you start yelling, the echoing, it, you you will be insane before you you know, can get out. That's what's happening on the internet, metaphorically. I mean, the, the echoing and the, 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 the constant badgering is making us crazy, and, and it's, we don't want to go out anymore. No, we don't want to go out, and if you go into certain stores, I just wrote a column, actually, for Louder.News about CVS. I'm not picking on them, but I happen to go there. You walk in, there's nobody at the front, right? Because they've got, they've got automated checkout. So oh. there, there are no cashiers. It's as though it's a post-apocalyptic world. Right. And you have to say to yourself, why do I feel depressed walking in here? Well, you feel depressed because there's no interpersonal communication. That's what the government has been up to, isolate so that people go a little crazy and start questioning themselves. Because we do, we bounce things off of each other, right? We say hello, that's the smallest part of it. But we bounce ideas off each other and we look at each other. How's that registering with this person? 
if they can intercede and not allow that to happen, people become very unsure of themselves, very anxious. And what would I tell somebody who is confined to her house from agoraphobia, fear of crowds? You better get out, right? Because what's going to happen? It's your house today. It's going to be your bedroom tomorrow. It's going to be a corner of your bedroom the next day. Right. And, and you're going to think you're sick. You've got to think to yourself, who made me this way? And then you might get mad. See, the, one way to heal people who are depressed is to figure out who screwed you over. Who psychologically manipulated you such that you don't feel powerful? And that's pretty depressing. If you can get people, this is what the old masters used to say, if you can get from depression to anger, righteous anger, you're cured. Because now you're looking for the SOB that did this to me. Last one for you, Keith Ablo. Uh, we found him. He's he's working probably much happier. Uh, he doesn't have to get go through makeup to get on Fox News anymore. Um, and and to their detriment that they don't uh, tap into your knowledge, Keith. But how do I how do I best phrase this for you? Um, you know, you mentioned they're going to come for your guns. They're going to come for your speech. Like a lot of people say, well, I don't own guns. And I don't say anything controversial anyway. I mean, do we re really need to read Martin E. Muller's poem on the air every day just to remind people that once they're done with insert target group here, eventually they're going to run out of target groups and yours is going to be the next one. There but for the grace of God, right, go all of us. And, and it won't stop with any of us who want autonomy. We're all targets. If we want to be independent thinking humans, you're a target. Right? What would you tell somebody in an abusive relationship who says, this is as bad as it's going to get, like I get hit a little bit, no, you're going to get killed. Right. It's just okay. going to escalate. And if it's not you, it'll be your son or daughter. Right? And they're watching. See, that's the problem. If you don't stand up for yourself, that's bad for you. But it's sinful for your kids to watch you sitting back, laying down and saying, well, what are we to do about it? Well, what you to do about it is to show backbone, show individuality and autonomy so that at some point your kids, when they're pressed against the wall, they say, F you, sorry, not happening. And that's where I think the drug gangs come into our poor neighborhoods where generationally, oh, the government's going to send me what I deserve or whatever. And then a drug dealer comes along and says, no, man, you're, you're special. You're gonna be. And that's, that lights their fire, even if it's in a criminal enterprise, at least feeling like they have something to contribute is how they prey on these kids. Absolutely. So you join a gang, you feel like you got a family when you didn't before, and also you're depressed and cocaine or crack or methamphetamine, well, that'll make me feel a little better. But also, it makes uh, you feel worse. It may, number one, it makes you feel worse. You might die. It's a road to nowhere. It's the final path right to the end. But you're vulnerable to that because you don't have a self to object if you let them take it, right? Why do most people not use drugs? It isn't because they wouldn't feel good temporarily if they did. It's not that. I'm not sure it's genetic either. It's that people decide, I don't have the wherewithal. There's nothing I can do in the world. There's nothing I value. So what am I trading? I'm not trading anything. I just get the good feeling. I have nothing to trade. And I wake up without it. And they wake up without it, and the government will be very happy to keep the drugs flowing across the border because oh, sure. thinking people don't vote Democratic. They just don't. 
I mean, that, I'm sorry to say that, but that's where we've gone. People who think and value themselves and love others do not vote for Democrat candidates. Yeah, not if you spend any time vetting them. Keith, uh, I've always wanted to say this to a psychological professional. I'm sorry, our time is up. That, yeah, there you, it's payback. And, and Joe, I know in your rock and roll days you wore jeans and T-shirts. And man, we're both in blazers. And I got to say, maybe we both go back to the jeans and T-shirts and just be ourselves. That would be nice, wouldn't it? You know, maybe a, a sport coat over it. Okay. Maybe that. Maybe yeah, we got to allow something for the for the onlookers. Thank you, Keith. I appreciate it. Right. Take care, man.